Before you can create a healthy relationship with others, you first have to create a healthy relationship with yourself. Welcome to Let's Talk About It with your host, Dr. Janie Lacey. Janie is a nationally respected psychotherapist, and on this show, she and her featured guests will help you discover and break patterns in your life that can contribute to self-sabotage and unhealthy relationships. Now, here is Dr. Janie Lacey. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey. Now, being in a relationship with a narcissist, <laughs> it's not a pleasant experience. The negative impact has a ripple out to all areas of your life, from your ability to focus at work all the way through to affecting your emotional and physical health. You know, the difficult part is knowing whether your partner really is a narcissist or are they just overly confident? And the even trickier part, if you know they are a narcissist, what can you do about it? Today on Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey, yours truly, Dr. Janie Lacey, me, it's going to go through some signs. They're also known as red flags to indicate whether you are likely in a relationship with a narcissist and what you can do if you are in the situation. We hear this word all the time. He's a narcissist. She's an arc. But first, let me say there is a difference between having narcissistic traits and being in a relationship with someone who has narcissistic personality disorder, otherwise referred to as MPD. Let's talk about some signs. If you're in a relationship with someone who has narcissistic traits or is dominant in a narcissistic personality type, there's a high chance that you are in a relationship with the narcissist or in extreme cases where you're experiencing a relationship with someone that shows all of these signs. And if they show all of the signs that I'm going to go with, go through with you, it's likely they may have the narcissistic personality disorder. And we'll refer to that as NPD. So let's first look at a common one. Common trait, everything is about them. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with someone who it's all about them? <laughs> someone who only listens to him or herself? You think to yourself, they're really just talking to themselves. If I was not here, they would still be talking to themselves. I feel like I'm not even in the conversation. Have you ever had that feeling? One thing that will be noticeable is that every conversation will be hijacked and redirected back to them. You say, I've been here. They say, well, I've also been here. I've also been there, right? There's sometimes this one up. Everything that you say, they revert it back to them. They re redirect it back to them. And sometimes it also has this one up um, feeling to it that everything you say, they've done it better. They've done it bigger. They know bigger people, more popular people. They have more money. Whatever the conversation may be, it points back to them and they do it better. They do it bigger. They have more means. It's the one up. But narcissists also have a constant need for attention. And if this need is not met, you can expect irritation and resentment. Being in a relationship with a narcissist means that not only every conversation is about them, but every decision, every opinion, every thought, every goal, every choice, everything is about them. Part of this all about me syndrome is a sense of what we call entitlement in relationships. This can come across as my way or the highway where your thoughts and your feelings and your opinions really aren't valid. But the narcissist with NPD truly believes the world revolves around them 
and that they're entitled to have constant excessive attention and admiration and to have everything the way they want it. Another sign. This is the stuff movies is made of. They're charming. Well, at first. (laughs) Early in the relationship, you'll experience the highest highs you've ever experienced when dating someone. You'll be spoiled, pampered, showered with affection and flattery. You will feel like the most special person on the planet and think to yourself, how did I get so blessed? How did I get so lucky? And is this person real? It's a dream come true. I've been waiting all my life for this person. Narcissists are highly skilled. I turn it on the charm to get what they want. They'll say what they need to say to you. They will get you what you need, what they need to get to you to get you hooked. It's called the bait. We think about research in particular, right? There's so much research around that narcissists are considered to be what we would say appealing short-term romantic or or sexual partners in particular. They find that the mate appeal of narcissists stems from their physical attractiveness and their social boldness. Displays of characteristics such as confidence, charm, and charisma. However, when anyone is putting on a show, there is only so long that you can sustain this act before your true colors start to shine through. And the narcissist's act is no exception. Number three. Narcissists can be described as having split personalities, the charm, their appeal that you experience at the start of a relationship. It doesn't last forever. It may take days, it could take weeks, it could take months, and in some cases, even years. They switched from that charming person that you fell so hard for to someone you feel like you barely No, it can feel like the wind was knocked out of your sails. What happened? And then you try to circle back, perform an audition to get that person back, the one that you fell in love with, the one that showed up when you first started dating. One minute you feel like you're guiding along the water with the sun beaming on your face. And the next you feel like you're in the middle of a ferocious, scary storm. Most people can describe this experience as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, that switch, where one minute you feel as though you found the one, and then the next minute you wonder who this nasty person is in front of you. You're experiencing the splitting personality of the narcissist. One expert I was reading recently had explained this as the cracks that will usually start to show really slowly that the person with the narcissism often may begin subtly, insidiously, and covertly to devalue his or her significant other. This may happen by a couple of ways. Put downs. They start putting you down or start criticizing you and you start feeling like whatever they're messaging to you is that you can be better, you should do this different, It can be really subtle or sometimes it can be really blatant. And then the good old gaslighting as you question something that you know or see or have experienced with them. And the next thing you know, you're the crazy one. You're questioning your own mind. You're reliving it in your head and thinking, well, well, maybe, maybe they're right. And then there's intermittently lacking the emotional or the physical intimacy. One minute you feel like they're completely present with you emotionally. The next thing you feel like there's a brick wall. Next thing you know that they're constantly wanting to be with you on top of you. The next thing you know, you just feel the distance, the void. And they can sometimes slowly start withdrawing affection. Oh, when we used to walk on the park, they used to always hold my hand. He used to always hold my hand. She used to always hold my hand. Now I can barely get her to touch me. At least that's how it felt in the past couple of days. 
right? These are some of the things that some of my clients will describe. And then there's seductive withholding. And then sometimes there's inexplicable disappearing from contact. They're constantly contacting you and staying in contact with you. And all of a sudden, like now hours are going by or whole evening is going by. Or they're blaming, blaming you for their issues. Whatever issues they have, it's because of you. It's what we call projection. Some narcissists will even continue to reward their partner with affection, but it has to be on their terms or gifts while at the same time devaluing them. And this can be for the target, what we'll call of the narcissist's um, affection. It can be very confusing at times for the person on that receiving end. Another sign, lack of boundaries. People with narcissistic tendencies show deliberate disregard for other people's boundaries. (laughs) And sometimes, you know, what I'll hear in client sessions is sometimes people don't recognize that their boundaries are even being violated. Like, for example, just changing some of the details for the sake of confidentiality. But, you know, I remember years ago in in a session with a client and the person was telling the story of, in the beginning, some of the signs that that they had missed. And one of the signs that they had missed was this person early on in dating would just show up at their job, but it it took them by surprise. But in the same token, it was, well, he left a a gift on my car or, well, he left a note on my car and it made me feel special. But yeah, there was this kind of feeling also in the background. So miss that lack of boundaries because on the same token, you're also receiving the affection, you're receiving the attention, but that is a lack of boundaries. They didn't ask to come by your job or you didn't tell them to come by your job. They just showed up, but you see how confusing that can be. So they'll regularly overstep the mark and use others also without a second thought for the effect they may have on them. You know, when we think about that narcissist, I mean, they show disregard for other people's boundaries in many different ways, including regularly breaking promises or obligations, borrowing items or money without returning them, and with no intent to ever return or repay sometimes, and showing little remorse and blaming the other person when they have overstepped the mark. So I want to play close attention. Sometimes those boundary violations can be very subtle. Another sign. They want you to be isolated. You are isolated. Isolation is one of the more common ways a narcissist can gain control in a relationship. This control feeds their need to have everything their way and to have their partner become fully dependent on them. Fully dependent on them. And some of the ways a narcissist can isolate you They can cut you off from your friends and your family, controlling the use or monitoring your social media or phone calls. Sometimes they can control the use of your vehicles, pulling you away from your hobbies or the things that you found to be enjoyable. And even in some cases, disengaging you from from your workplace so they can have full financial control. Because when we think about this, Sometimes you can hear these types of statements from narcissistic persons. Why do you spend, why do you even bother spending your time and effort on, on her when you don't even like her, right? We're talking to you about your friends. Or, you know what? I paid for this car, so of course I get to say when you can use it. Or, I thought you loved me. Why are you spending so many hours at work? You see what happens is over time, hearing continual put downs, doubts, and jealous comments leads to giving up all of the things that gives you your own identity. You become a diminished version of yourself that you don't even recognize anymore. Someone the narcissist has molded to suit their own lifestyle and needs. 
Another sign. This would be number six. They, dis, they truly have a disregard for your feelings. And this is an important part of any relationship is the need to be understood and to be able to freely express your feelings, your desires, your aspirations, and your needs with your partner. Because of your narcissist's his need or her need to be wanted, they may come across as caring and that they truly want what's best for you. <laughs> but the harsh reality is that beneath it all, they are actually more concerned about what's in it for me. The narcissist will make decisions based on what will benefit them, not what will benefit or affect their relationship with you or the relationship. They simply don't have the capacity to take on board your feelings because they are too concerned about their own. And this is something I'll constantly see with working with couples is her or him trying to get their partner, the narcissist, to see, I have value. See me, hear me. This is what my issues are. Number seven, another sign, the delusions of grandeur, grandiose, common one. You've probably heard this one before. People, especially with narcissistic personality disorder, believe they are superior to everyone and anyone else. And this delusion of grandeur is the primary reason they're unable to truly experience love. They don't view others to be in any way equal to them, and they genuinely believe that they are superior in virtually all respects. But sometimes people can get confused because their narcissist can play a victim role. But that usually suits, again, what benefits them. Another sign, number eight, they are short fuse. As I've already mentioned, the narcissist believes everything is about them and that their way is the only way. When things don't go their way or when they aren't getting all the attention or when someone disagrees with them, this can be like entering a lion's den. They have trouble regulating their emotions and behavior handling criticism, and can feel hurt very easily. Narcissists can also become very impatient or angry when they don't receive, and I'm going to say the quote-unquote, the VIP treatment they believe they rightfully deserve. Another sign, number nine. There's an inability, listen to me clearly, there's an inability to let you in. Underneath the wall that the narcissist has built to keep themselves above others, there is an underlining current of insecurity, fear, anxiety, and shame. Because of their need to feel superior, they will not let this wall down. So to let others in and to truly be vulnerable would just be too risky. So they portray a very high level of self-esteem and false bravado is what we'll say and keep people at arm's length. But in intimate relationships, this can be a detrimental game of cat and mouse. With the narcissist continually baiting for attention, then pushing away when you get too close. Number 10, they avoid total responsibility. So in a relationship with a narcissist, you will notice they're very quick to take responsibility. Hold on. When something has gone right. <laughs> right. The credit, the praise, the positive, and the good 
feeds the narcissist's three letters, ego. So one thing you will never see or hear is a narcissist taking responsibility when something has gone wrong. True responsibility. Not the kind that says, oh, I'm sorry, I apologize to you already. I'm sorry for that. Hey, true responsibility, you know. Especially if you're the type of person that takes responsibility when you really need to take responsibility, you can also recognize that in others when you're not painting them to who you want them to be. Because we think about in these circumstances, they'll blame, they'll deflect, they'll avoid and deny. Truly believing it had nothing to do with them. And they'll act hurt that someone could imply it was their fault to begin with. Number 11. This is what we're going to call the green-eyed monster. Even before I go down this path, you know exactly what I'm talking about. People with narcissistic personalities typically obsess over power, status, beauty, success, class. They exhibit jealousy towards people who have what they want. On the flip side, narcissists may also accuse others of being envious of them, including their own partner. Did you hear that? Including their own partner. The critical point in this is this is that how the narcissist presents on the surface is entirely different from how the narcissist really truly feels deep down inside. There are two selves. There's one at work with the narcissist, for example, and then their authentic self, the one that experiences jealousy and the fraudulent fantasy self. They try to sell to the public, the egotistic self-accusing others of being jealous of them because after all, they're God's greatest gift. (laughs) Number 12, another sign. They are what we're going to call the manipulation experts. (laughs) Do I need to say that for the people in the back? They are manipulation experts. Although, you know, I've already covered some of the ways a narcissistic partner can manipulate you, it is also worth diving into their manipulation techniques a little deeper. Because when we think about this, most people can identify when someone is trying to manipulate them, right? We, most of us can feel it. We can see it. And we can avoid, avoid that or avoid those people at all costs. Sometimes you can think of um, salespeople, for example. You know, they want to sell. So there's certain things that feel like it's too good to be true. Not all the time. But the narcissist has a very stealth, underhanded way of manipulating those around them, especially their partner. So I want to talk to you really quick about two common narcissistic manipulation tactics before we take our break. Belittling, whether in the comfort of your own home or out in public, the narcissist won't have any issues with putting you down. They will cover up their put downs with phrases like, can't you just take a joke? Or come on, we were all thinking it. As I said, those phrases, have you heard that before? Can't you just take a joke? Come on. We were all thinking that anyway. Or the other tactic that comes from the manipulation expert, (laughs) the narcissistic person, is playing the victim. Think of this scenario. You're trying to explain how much you hate it when they argue with you. And the narcissist turns around and says, see, you're always trying to start an argument with me. (laughs) 
which leaves you baffled because that's the exact topic you're trying to raise with them. And the next thing you know, you're spun around and the focus is on you. The narcissist will always turn things around to make themselves out to be the victim. Let me say that again. The narcissist will always turn things around to make themselves out to be the victim. You're listening to Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey, and we are discussing the narcissist. And I just gave you some signs, red flags, and I gave you two common narcissistic manipulation tactics. So we will be right back after this commercial break, and we're going to continue going down some of the signs and some things that you can do if you find yourself in a relationship with a narcissist. Are you often attracted to unavailable partners? Feel like you can't stay but can't leave a toxic relationship? Obsessed with thinking about a current or former lover? Feel resentful that you're always taking care of the other person? The Woman Redeemed Therapy Program is for women who want to break free from toxic relationship patterns so they can find the love they truly deserve. This program is a safe, nurturing environment, essential for building self-worth and acquiring the tools to work through challenges and create your best self. We invite you to begin the journey today to start building the new you. Call 407-622-1770 or visit LifeCounselingSolutions.com. That's LifeCounselingSolutions.com. Are you living day by day, nervous, in fear, or constantly feeling overwhelmed? This is probably due to an anxiety disorder. Anxiety disorders can develop from many different factors and can affect each and every person differently. Anxiety disorders can develop because of genetics, personality, stressful life events, and many other reasons. The Anxiety and Depression Association of America reports that more than 40 million Americans suffer from anxiety-related illnesses, and anxiety is also considered the most common mental disorder in the United States. You don't have to suffer alone. Call Life Counseling Solutions at 407-622-1770 or visit lifecounselingsolutions.com today. Has your anger ever taken you somewhere you regretted? Have you ever said something in anger that you wish you could take back? Have you ever hurt anyone as a reaction of your anger, physically or emotionally? Let's face it. Anger is a part of life. We all experience anger in our lives at some point. The question we need to ask ourselves is whether this has become a habit. What matters is how we deal with it. So call Life Counseling Solutions at 407-622-1770 or visit OrlandoAngerManagement.com today. You are listening to Let's Talk About It with Dr. Janie Lacey. To reach the show today, please call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Janie at lifecounselingsolutions.com. Now back to Let's Talk About It. Well, welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey. want to go back down the road of sharing some signs if you're in a relationship with a narcissist. Before the commercial break, just shared some manipulation tactics and shared 12 signs. So I want to share a few more. The next sign is the good old, this is the stuff the movies is made of, the good old crazy making also known as gaslighting, comes from the 1944 movie where the wife kept going to her husband, saw that light flicking and all the other types of things, and he kept turning it around on her and making her think she was crazy. Great, great. Oldie but goodie movie to watch to understand the true art of gaslighting. When we think about this term gaslighting, I want you to think of it as a slow, calculated process to have you believing that you are crazy <laughs> and that you can't trust your own judgment. It is the height of deception and a means of control. 
gaslighting starts with that narcissist planting seeds of doubt. You may notice something your partner's doing or saying that doesn't seem to add up. But when you mention it, you're made to feel like it's the most absurd thing you've ever said. You start to doubt yourself. Then the next time you actually do catch them out in a lie. And again, you are confronted in such a way that that they have you convinced you somehow got it wrong. (laughs) I know you know what I'm talking about. They will deny things they have said. They will change the story to confuse you. They will project their behavior onto you. And they may even form alliances to reinforce just how crazy you are. Another sign. There's no gray area. The narcissist sees the world in black and white. There's just no gray area. This is part of their personality splitting. What we're going to call splitting. It's called splitting that I mentioned before the break. And this includes two very, we're going to call it very strict categories. This is where there are winners or losers. There is a psychologist, Dr. Seth Myers, that says, there's no possible outcome they can conceive of in which everyone gets their needs met. There isn't enough attention and praise for everyone to go around. So according to the narcissistic logic, only a few lucky ones will be selected. (laughs) So he goes on to um, explain that if the narcissist sees any threat to their ego, they will get it. They will get in first to seek and destroy and ultimately win. They'll do whatever it takes to ensure they don't feel weak unnoticed, defective, or even defeated, even if it means verbally or emotionally destroying their opponent. And yes, this includes their partner. Another sign, and this is a sign in general of a toxic relationship, is the pull and push. The narcissistic partner will pull you into their world. They will take all of your love, money, and respect. Take all of your love, your money, and respect. And they'll draw you into that world just like a tornado. But just as easily, they will spit you out. And once you're out of the no use, once you are of no use to a narcissist, they will discard you like you never existed as long as it is on their terms. If you try to discard them on your terms, they're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. That will be for another episode, you, how you deal with that. But if you try to end the relationship before they have finished with you, the force of that tornado will keep pulling you back in and it will be the strongest it's ever been. Because that narcissist is going to pull out every trick in the book to get you back in position. So I went over some signs with you. So if you went through those signs and right now you're feeling anxious, you're thinking about someone in particular, I want to give you some tips. I don't want to just leave you there with the signs. <laughs> I want to give you some tips on what you should do if your partner is a narcissist. Because I'm not going to sugarcoat things here, right? When, when we're speaking not only from personal experience, leaving a narcissistic relationship, it's not an easy feat. But the reward for you is on the other side is so much, there's so much more worth than the initial discomfort, the detox phase, detox, detox phrase of leaving the narcissist, all types of stuff happens. According to another um author around narcissists, Dr. Greenberg, you know, he, she says one of the main reasons it's so hard to leave a relationship with a narcissist is because 
you have become trauma bonded to this person. Because when we think about initially showing because of the initial showering of love and that feeling like all of your dreams have come true, then the slow process of all the things we talked about, isolation, manipulation, crazy making, control, loss of self, and confusion sprinkled with reward and a dash of intimacy, you're now addicted and bonded emotionally, physically, and more importantly, mentally to your narcissistic partner. What I always say is sometimes even if they left your life, they're still renting space in your head. So what on earth can you do when you are trauma bonded to another person? The first thing I always say is you have to be aware of it. There has to be self-awareness. And part of that self-awareness is you have to educate yourself. You have to educate yourself. You have to understand what narcissism is. You have to understand how it works because the more you understand your partner's condition or people that have narcissistic traits or have narcissistic personality disorder, the more you will understand their behavior. And this isn't to say you can excuse or dismiss their their behavior. Let me just say that. (laughs) You don't want to be dismissing or excusing their behavior. No, no, no. But that you can get a greater insight into why they do what they do and say what they say. Because if not, it's easy for you to get caught up in their web. Number two, another thing you can do if you find yourself in a trauma-bonded relationship with a narcissistic person is you can make a choice. Once you know everything there is to know about narcissism, you have a choice. Either stay and put up with their behavior or try to convince your partner to seek help or leave. Stay, put up with it, deal with it. Try to provoke, convince them to get help or leave. But if you choose to stay, you now know exactly what to expect from your partner and what they aren't able to give you if they don't give get the, the help that they need. And if you leave, you will need to assure you are prepared for what comes next. Let me say this again. Be prepared for what comes next. And that is my number three. Be prepared. Whichever way you decide, you will need to be prepared. Educating yourself is not enough to keep you safe if you decide to stay in a relationship with a true narcissist. You'll need to go above and beyond to assure you are protecting yourself emotionally, physically, financially, and mentally. And if you decide to leave, you're going to need to be prepared for the tornado tornado force. That is the narcissist trying to pull you back in. Be prepared. One of the best ways to do this is to leave quickly and cut off all contact. There are too many people that I see that try to do the slow, slow pull out or try to maintain contact with the narcissist on their terms. It's just not going to be healthy. Not going to be healthy. So one of the best ways or the easiest, I should say, this, some of the things may sound easier than they really are especially if you have children or assets with the narcissist, then you have to get qualified. And I do say qualified professionals that can get involved with your circumstances. Because if you have support system, you have people that understand narcissistic relationships, narcissistic abusive relationships, they'll be able to help guide you in a way that will best keep you safe emotionally and physically Because many times, sometimes people try to put healthy spread on a narcissistic relationship and treat the person as if they're, quote unquote, healthy and should have healthy responses to things. And that can set you up for harm, emotionally harm, sometimes even physically uh, being harmed. But another way that you can prepare yourself is to make a list of all the reasons why you need to not be in that relationship, why you need to leave. Because this will be an important reminder. 
when the tornado is in full force. And what that means is a term that we call love bombing is that they now have studied you. They have your playbook. They know what you respond to. They know what you need. They know how they got you baited and hooked the first time. So they will potentially try to use all of those tricks to get you back in place. So if it was telling you all the love stuff and how much they loved you and sending you love musics or sending you all the things that they know that you're a strong person of faith, sending you sermons and scriptures and all this other stuff, because they know that's what's important to you and try to use that for you to respond as a bait to get you to engage. You got to be prepared for all of that because of the trauma bond. There's a grief process that you have to go through. It's not easy. So you have to ensure that you have plenty of support throughout that process of leaving, creating separation, getting to a place of no contact, or having to divide assets, dividing things, or with children. So the process, is, the process that you take is going to be integral to your health, your mental health. So you have to learn how to deal with narcissists, especially if you're going to be share children or have to be in business. It's a couple of um, other thoughts. And then I want to go down a few other final thoughts as we um, finish up this episode. When we think about healthy, fulfilling relationships, you know, they are formed when both partners can feel and this is important, to feel safe, to express who they really are and be all of themselves without judgment or criticism. Let me say that again. Healthy, fulfilling relationships are formed when both partners can feel safe to express who they really are and be all of themselves without judgment or criticism. Being in a relationship with a narcissist is the opposite of this experience. And unless your partner is open to the ideal and has the financial means to seek professional help, the reality is there probably won't change. So you have a choice. And you have to make a choice to take care of yourself first. So a couple final thoughts that I want to share is really some a difference between a narcissist and narcissistic behavior, because this is also key, right? Because treatment and the ability to change behavior or provoke change by asking them to get that help, because if they don't get that help, there's high probability they're not going to change. And I can't repeat that enough. So when we think about all the research that's been written about narcissism, especially in the recent years, as I've shared with you, a couple of things that come to mind are that grandiose, right? The self-centeredness, the self-absorption, their manipulation, they're overly highly conceited, right? Those are some of the, tra the traits that, that, we, that I named. But when we think about many of the descriptions of narcissism, there's also some other types, right? There's overt, there's covert, introvert, passive-aggressive, situational, you know, almost anyone can seem capable of being a narcissist at least some of the time. So narcissism is on a spectrum. Every single one of us has some level of narcissistic traits when we look at the spectrum of narcissistic behavior. So it's, it's important to avoid generalizations and examine narcissism from a more critical standpoint. We have to distinguish that narcissistic behavior from that pathological narcissism. Because most of us, again, are guilty of narcissistic behavior on occasion, which doesn't necessarily mean that, we're that we have narcissistic personality disorder. But what distinguishes certain narcissistic behavior from pathological narcissism is frequency, intensity, and duration. You know, while some people may exhibit narcissistic traits occasionally, and mildly, a pathological narcissist will routinely use destructive 
Again, I use this phrase. I want you to remember this narcissistic tactics in order to gain false superiority and exploit relationships. So I want to give you some examples of narcissistic behavior that may not be pathological narcissism. Just just think about this. A colleague at work, they receive public praise from management. And a few days afterwards, behaves egotistical and begins acting like the boss. (laughs) I'm sure you've had people like that in your workplace. However, after a week, this situational narcissist recedes. And the colleague returns once again to working collaboratively. Another example. A friend who recently entered into a romantic relationship. She's talking incessantly about her newfound love, which dominates her conversations and social media. Yep, you met her too. (laughs) She may be your friend. But she even shows a sense of conceit towards her peers who are still single, making snide remarks while basking in her self-absorbed romance. However, after receiving constructive feedback, she realizes her insensitivity, apologizes to her single friends, and returns to positive friendships. So think about this. In both examples, the individuals involved may be characterized as showing narcissistic traits rather than being outright narcissists, but these examples are momentarily laps of good judgment. The pathological narcissist, on the other hand, They're more purposeful and willfully inducing toxic environments and harmful relationships, all for the purpose of exploiting others to serve their own self-interest. And in addition to some other common narcissistic traits, such as uh, false superiority, arrogance, conceit, and high insensitivity, the pathological narcissist tends to exhibit one or more of the following five sets of character flaws, which I get from the references from a book called How to Successfully Handle Narcissists, a practical guide to narcissists to change towards the higher self. One is frequent lies and exaggerations. Many pathological narcissists habitually spread falsehoods in order to make themselves look good and others look bad. They'll often resort to distortion of facts, misleading statements, personal attacks, blaming, coercion in order to achieve their end. They also rely on these tactics in order to boost their fragile self-esteem. Another, entitlement and constant need for gratification. That chronic narcissist, they're, they're frequently expert of others to be at their beck and call and fulfill their every need. They demand constant attention and validation and can become easily upset when they're not catered to. To the habitual narcissist, the world revolves around them. Number three, they break rules and they violate boundaries. Again, that was one of our red flags. One of the most striking traits of many pathological narcissists is that they believe they are above the law and they are the exception to the rule which entitles them to boundary violations. That chronic narcissist often trespasses on others relationally, socially, professionally, or financially, which to them signifies superiority and conquest. That means they win. Other people's thoughts and feelings are disregarded. Four, negative emotion and invalidation. Even as I'm saying that, Number four, you know what it feels like to be invalidated for your feelings. Chronic narcissists tend to enjoy instigating and spreading negative emotions in order to make others feel inadequate and establish psychological control. Significantly, they often blame and show contempt towards the person that they're hurting their victim. Five, manipulation, using others as extensions of themselves. That pathological narcissist, they have a tendency of manipulating those in their orbit in order to achieve their self-serving agenda. To them, others merely exist as extensions of their selfish ways to be exploited at their will. Common manipulation devices include insincere flattery, constantly showering you with flattery because ultimately they've already studied you. They know that that's what you need. 
or desire. Negative pressure, guilt tripping, blaming, shaming, and threatening. Chronic narcissists do not relate, they use. Let me say that again. They do not relate, they use. So can someone with narcissistic tendencies change for the better? Well, perhaps. This is the key. Only if he or she is highly aware and willing to go through the courageous process of self-discovery. Let me say that again, because if you're in a relationship with a narcissist and you think you can change them, uh -uh uh-uh-uh. They will only change for the better when they are highly aware and they are willing to go through the courageous, because it does take courage, process of self-discovery. Because for a narcissist, they no longer have to be willing to play the charade at the cost of genuine relationships and credibility, because there are ways to liberate from falsehood and progressively move towards one's higher self. For those who live or work with narcissists, perception, perceptive awareness, and assertive communication are must for establishing healthy and mutual, respectful relationships. This is Dr. Janie Lacey, and this is Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey. And I hope this episode on signs if you're in a relationship with a narcissist is helpful because there is help and there is a better way to live and you can be set free today. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Janie Lacey. Thank you for tuning in. Let's Talk About It can be heard live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please join your host, Dr. Janie Lacey, for another edition of the show next week. 